0: In <laughs> the For my friend, so, this is the final while I'm you know so, 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 we well, be out of here next week, same place time. Big up to all, big up, big up, big up, big up to O, call in and listen, you know what I'm saying? Big up to all, no, listen, you know i If you're not going to listen to I uh, this week, tune in next week, you know what I'm saying? Because we have some full vibes, you know what say. I'm saying? After hours, oh, right here, I'm going to go over there time, you know what I'm saying? They're waiting in the line up and see it. I'm going to go to my yard. Uh. <laughs> big up to Miss Louis. And the star with the seats. Yeah. You're really gone you're not know Come back Cause oh, so much life Harder For you go Subtract Really tired For you black And too much Good youth I did Now I no More of that Can you hear The fight And scream And last night Mara did tell me I'm still in i dream but It's all about Sherry birthday party This week And I say Hydra CD launch Check it out Alright I'm out Tell me where You're gone Yeah Put need for France But now You're in I can't Skit in front Of the Faster i wear you yeah. There, there, there is there is this thing do you realize what is what is, what is what? there is this thing do you realize consciousness is affected, there, there is this there is this thing on oh. There is this thing going on when we realize our consciousness is affected. There is this thing going on I
1: You're listening to The Prison Radio Show, a part of CKUT's Off The Hour. Prison Radio has been on the air for more than 10 years. Prison Radio seeks to confront the invisibility of prisons and prisoner struggle by focusing on the roots of incarceration, policing, and criminalization, and by challenging our ideas about what are prisons and the people inside our jails. Prison Radio is dedicated to programming that is directly collaborative with people who are incarcerated. This is in the interest of forging stronger ties with incarcerated and non-incarcerated people, ensuring that prisoners have direct control over their representation and that our understanding of prisons be informed by those who live inside their walls. We invite anyone who is interested in collaborating on programming to contact us. Those who have been affected by the prison system in any way are encouraged to get involved. You can email news at cqt.ca or prison at cqt.ca or you can call us at 514-448-4041 extension 6788. You are listening to CQT. Montreal Community Campus Radio located on 90.3 FM on the dial and www.ckut.ca online.
2: Welcome to the Prison Radio Show here on CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Jean and, and my name is Yasmin and we'll be your hosts for today's show. Today on the program, we'll be featuring an interview about Prisoners Justice Day. Interview Jean and Don discuss past, present and future prisoner justice days. We will also be featuring audio from someone who is in segregation in a South Carolina prison, talking about the recently finished book. We will also be speaking with somebody from the IWW Halifax chapter about the strike in Burnside Jail in Nova Scotia and the noise demonstration that took place Sunday night in solidarity with striking prisoners. But first, here are the headlines.
3: The nationwide prison strike in the United States came to an end Sunday following nearly three weeks of work stoppages hunger strikes, sit-ins, and commissary boycotts, commissary boycotts in prisons from coast to coast. The nationwide demonstrations demanding better conditions, the right to vote, and the abolition of what prisoners call modern-day slavery ended on the beginning of the 47th anniversary of the Attica prison uprising. Prisoners in Burnside Jail in Nova Scotia have released a final statement about their participation in the prison strike. We read it in full here. Dear supporters, you are commended for your work on, beha- on our behalf. None of us thought we would gain so much support by sharing our conditions with the public. The negative perception of us inside seems so concrete that it became surreal that when we began to read our demands in the newspaper and hear that our situation has gained national attention. When discussed among us, it was decided that the time has come to take a different approach. And this is the result of our different approach. Our nonviolent strategy is a success. It has set a precedent for other countries to follow suit. Although our protest has come to a close, and the things seem to have worsened since the beginning as opposed to getting better, we hope that all those who stood with us through this time will continue to fight on our behalf to write, congregate, and address our issues. It is with heavy hearts we write that shortly after the end of our protest, a fellow prisoner incarcerated here lost his life. The conditions and environment here speak for themselves. Since the protest started, we have been locked down with even less time spent outside, in contact with our families, or getting any recreation. We know how these conditions hurt the mental health of the people imprisoned here. We renew our calls for treatment of mental health, training, and programming. We ask the Minister of Justice how many more people will have to die in this facility until our cries for help are heard. We send our condolences and love to the family of our brother. We hope that our call for justice will be heard and that his life is not lost in vain. We have come to the conclusion that this is an uphill battle that will only be won from the outside support, meaning all of you to the protesters who came right down through the woods to the back of the jail, risking their freedom to stand in solidarity with us. You gave us the most liberating feeling. We want you to know that we could hear you and we believe you. We are not alone, thank you. We love you and we are grateful to have you by our sides. We would like to thank all those who stood with us. Seeing support from so many groups and individuals from so many different backgrounds, gives us hope that with collective action, change can be made. And we thank the BPH crew for making our voices heard. Solidarity Halifax for showing us that people will come together to fight for our rights and the many groups, organizations, and individuals who took the time to write, call, and speak out on our behalf. We heard and saw it all. We are grateful. While our demands have not yet been met, And as we grieve this unnecessary tragedy, we remain hopeful that our words will be carried forward. We will continue to speak and fight until no more lives are lost. Each time you break away from the direction the system is trying to push you in. Each new idea you have, each new book that you read, each new business you create, all of them give you the power to dictate new choices. Today is the tomorrow you were worried about yesterday. That's a quote from Hill Harper. That was a statement by striking prisoners in Burnside Jail in Nova Scotia who participated in the prison strike that just wrapped up on August 22nd. Later on the show, we will hear from someone from the industrial workers of the world's World's Halifax chapter about the strike, as well as about the demonstration in support of the strike, which happened Sunday, September 9th.
2: More than 1.5 million people have been ordered to evacuate North Carolina, South Carolina, and Virginia as Hurricane Florence approaches. Yet prison officials say they will not evacuate Nearly 1,000 prisoners at the Ridgemont Correctional Institution in Jasper County, South Carolina.
3: Puerto Rico is planning to transport 3,200 prisoners to private prisons on the U.S. mainland, thousands of miles away from their families on the island. The proposal is part of a slew of austerity measures being pushed by by Puerto Rico's unelected Fiscal Control Board in the wake of Hurricane Maria. Officials say the plan will save Puerto Rico $400 million over four years, but prisoners are opposed to the plan, saying it will make it next to impossible for them to receive visits from their family members.
2: In New York, former Black Panther Robert Seth Hayes has been released from prison after 45 years behind bars. He was convicted in the 1973 killing of a New York City transit officer. He has been eligible parole since 1998, but has been denied parole 10 times before finally being set free. The time is presently 5.10, PM. Uh, you are listening to the Prison Radio Show on CKUT, 90.3 FM, 91.7 on cable, and www.ckut.ca. Next on the Prison Radio Show, we will hear an interview with Don, who has done a lot of time in prison. In the interview, we discuss past, present, and future Prison Justice Day and issues facing prisoners today. Hello, this is uh, Gene. We're, uh, this is for the Prison Radio Show. I'm talking to Don, Prisoner's Justice Day. Now it's a little late to air this, this will be airing next week or uh, shortly after, but it's always good to talk about Prisoner's Justice Day at any time, because it's not so much the day, it's what it's for, and that's 365 days a year. So I'm going to uh, uh, Don, and I'm going to ask him what he thinks of Prisoner's Justice Day now and before. We're going to start how he first, when he first went to prison, He's been in for over 40 years. He's done a lot of time, so he's seen the start of this and uh, he knows the history of it. So, he can tell how he started doing time, how Prisoner's Justice Day was back then, how it's evolved and what he thinks it is today, and uh, does he see it moving in the future, anything good or bad, or is it progressing or degressing? Because there's an opinion on all that. Okay, here we go, here's Don. I
4: I first got involved in Prisoner's Justice Day in Spring Hill. It was a. It was I Everybody knows it came out of Millhaven and Kingston area, and uh, people down east didn't know a lot about it. It was a. It, it you know some information was provided, but it was more uh, guys that got transferred into Dorchester that that it came down to Spring Hill. So it was. It was not a collective thing that everybody agreed with at first, especially down east because uh, out of Ontario, kind of got scoffed at automatically because you know everybody's territorial but it caught on fairly quickly down east and people did take part in it everybody you know the only the only uh per- persons that that were were exempt from taking part in it was people with diabetics that needed to eat or something medical but it was forced on some people too people people didn't uh didn't agree that they, you know didn't weren't well didn't want to make the sacrifice well they made the sacrifice anyways they had no choice that was the way it was back then nowadays nowadays it's it's uh, it's not widely
2: yeah okay, okay Don okay. let me I I, I sort of interrupt here but I wanted to bring up that point there because that is true you know it was forced on people before yeah. Yeah. but the reason it was then and I believed in it too back then because When it first came, it was the administrations, really the wardens, and everybody were really against Prisoner's Justice Day, and they tried to shut us down and do it. So to show unity, we had to show 100% unity. We had to no work, no eating, doing absolute resistance, and the only way we could do that is if everybody did it, if if everybody didn't buy into it. So, yeah, you know, there was people who were forced to do it, and uh, that was part of the thing. I think it's evolved, and uh, maybe you can uh, talk about that a little bit too.
4: Yeah, it it did it did evolve, you know. It got it got to be where people were saying, "Well, f- the man," you know, that uh, especially when especially when they started uh, coming around and uh, laying charges on people for not working that day. And one year down east in Dorchester, I was at the time. We went through the year before; they had charged a whole bunch of people for not working, and the kitchen started saving money. So the following year, we went through and take the trays and dump them in the garbage. Because uh, the, the warden was saying, well, we don't mind you, not, you not, uh, not going and eating for that day. My budgets are blah, blah, blah. You know, so we, we fixed that. And next year, a bunch of us dumped it in the garbage. The following year, I was, I was back in Spring Hill, and uh, they tried to do something different. They tried to get the the food that we weren't taking donated, and that the administration wouldn't do that. But you know, that was when a lot of changes were coming in prison, and the prison populations were sticking together.
2: So for the uh, for the idea behind the people who died in in uh, in segregation in the holes and. uh, Oh, and Not just that the mistreatment, like the psychological treatment, you have guys who were uh, mental problems, and they would be put in a hole for a year, two years. So it's not just you know it's not just somebody dying there. You know it's all the misery and the crap that people go through in jail, all their lives. So do you think that Prisoners' Justice Day has changed anything? Do you think that it was good to happen? I personally believe that it happened and it changed some things, but it's something that we have to keep battling on. What do you think on that?
4: Yeah, it, it changed a lot of things. It, one thing it did do it got us to get together without violence. You know the shore guys were forced pushed into pushed into taken part, but after a while, it got to be where, hey, we stood up to them without any violence. I was in many institutions in Ontario too where 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 that was the main theme it it wasn 't so much the, you know yeah, it was remembering the guys that we knew that died in prison. You know, and there's so many of them, it's unbelievable. But it got to be where now we were fighting back. We were showing the warden, we were showing the public that, hey, you know, fuck this, we we, we had enough. So, and that that made changes, because a lot of time, you know, the wardens would say, and I was committee chairman in some of these places, and, you know, the solidarity the from Prison Justice Day was a good... Good in our negotiations to better conditions in prison yeah,
2: hey, you know like uh, also you know I remember years ago uh, there used to be uh, people on the street, the citizens would come, and there would be like a hundred two hundred and pickets in front of the pins and uh, i don 't see that as much as I used to, but you know countrywide. Prisoners' justice is Canadian, but it's also in France. It's also in some parts of the United States. So you know, it's and it's recognized by international. So it's an international event. So you know, we ha- it's obviously got had, had uh, publicity. And do you can you talk anything about the people who are the street, who you know, ordinary citizens, who uh, activists, lawyers, social workers, the people who have supported the inmates inside. I think is one of the unsung. Heroes. Everybody talks about how prisoners, yeah, you know, like, we're the ones who suffering inside and that. But, you know, I don't think none of this could have happened without outside people helping and pushing. And today they still do it. You know, they have their own families, their own jobs, and yet they take their own time and they go out and they fight for us. So I think that was a big change, and I think that helped change a lot of things because of them. What do you think about that?
4: Oh, all, the, all the people, that the outside solidarity? That was so important, and it's still so important you know the people people that march in Kingston on prisoners' justice day there's many, many, many people that fast outside and and go to rallies, and they're driving the change in the system. you know without them they would they would still be locking us up and uh and forgetting about us
2: okay, so I'd like to know what you think how it's changed like what do you think it is compared to twenty years ago? It's obviously changed. I, I found that it's, it's become a more of an individual choice, but still we have to stay together and we have to have solidarity together to fight these conditions because you know the prison conditions are never going to change unless we fight, and it's a never-ending battle because you cannot let your guard down for a second because they'll you'll always they'll take it away. You you, you give an inch, they'll take a mile. You know. So uh, where do you think it is today? You know, like we know what it was before. Now, so what do you think it is today? And do you see what do you see in the future? Do you see the Prisoners' Justice Day having any uh, comp, uh, any effect on our on our lives inside? I mean, we got to keep fighting. That's for sure.
4: Sadly, right now, Prisoners' Justice Day inside is at is at a low point. A lot of institutions don't have any organized Prisoners' Justice Day activities. Individuals fast and don't go to work. But for the most part, you know, I can't, I can't speak for the higher levels of security. I can speak for the lower levels of security. And it, there's no, we need to educate more of what the reason for Prisoner's Justice Day is. These, the newer, newer guys, it's a, it's, it, it's a different society now from when it, when it started. It's a, it's a much more me, me, me society now. And, and that's reflective in the prison populations where guys don't want to make sacrifices.
2: You know, I think you're 100% correct in that. I think it's uh, we have to inform the people more. Like, everybody hears it, and they keep hearing, well, prisoners' prisoner just Day is because uh, people dying in the hole in 1972, 4, or 5. But it's, it's more than that. Uh, you know, we have to t- get people to relate to the problems that every prisoner faces. Because at the end of the day, I don't care what institution you're in, medium, minimum, maximum, when you die, when they lock you in that cell at night, you're alone with your thoughts. You have a family out there that you miss. You have things that went wrong in your day. You know, like, nobody has a, a good day every day. And uh, some days, you, you know, people... There's a lot of suicide in prison. There's a lot of mental problems, drug problems. You know, these are all things that inmates face and uh, prisoners face. And uh, so it's a never-ending battle. So I think if people understand that it's for those things too, you know, it's not... For sure we're talking about things in the past because if you don't have a past you don't know the future you can't prepare if you don't then what so now you have to understand what the things are that make every every prisoner has in common and those are the things that i got everybody has a family missing everybody has pain of some type or another if you can relate to your pain and say the other guy in the cell next to you he's going to have that same pain you know maybe you can start fighting and changing some of these things if together we are stronger and if we're just in pieces, we're not going to be strong. Yeah,
4: for sure. No doubt about that. You know, don't forget people are still dying in prison. The numbers, the numbers are consistent, you know, suicides, murder by other inmates, but mostly it's suicide or in the last little while it's caught on. Now more people are dying from medical reasons. You know the medical treatment in prison is 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 terrible you know there's guys that discover after they get out that they have cancers that 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 when they went to the health clinics there, you know they were saying oh it's nothing you know you, you pulled something or you know and the other problem is in canadian prisons they they have this thing about now letting you age so long in prison that you're getting out You know, 65, 70 years old guys are getting out of prison. They're keeping people too long in prison. And that's the guys that don't don't give up and uh, commit suicide. You're coming out of prison as an old man in a society that the prison system has not done anything to prepare you for.
2: So we have all these problems, and our vehicle to get the word out to an extent large extent, is is events like Prisoner's Justice Day. And that's an event that people know. So I'm saying we need to work on this Prisoner's Justice Day more. I think we have to make it more inclusive for today's people because a lot of young people, like you say, they don't understand, they don't remember what happened. They don't care. It's me, me, me generation. Like like I had said earlier, maybe not on this, but it's like the Veterans Day, you know, you see them selling poppies. And when when I was a kid, my dad come back from the war, it was a big thing. People knew what the war was because they lived it. They lived the hell of it, and it shocked them, and they really took it seriously. But nowadays, people who haven't lived in wars, they don't understand, they don't see that. They're more worried about their iPhones, or they're more worried about this or that. So, how do you see we can use Prisoners' Justice Day in the future? To get rid of these prisons, well, I don't know, you know, like we're going to have to start, like, prison abolition is a thing I believe in, but road a hole, you know, you're going to have to work hard at that. But along the way, we've got to get little victories. We've got to fight all the time. So how do you see Prisoner's Justice Day in the future as some vehicle we can use to better, to, to get rid of some of these insane laws we have and to make prisons a better place and not keep people in jail, like you said, until they're 80 years old?
4: Well, there's only one way you know i used to i used to believe that might was right in prison you know cuz i saw all the changes that came in prison came through violence at one point you know all all the rights we had you know the government got afraid and gave us them because we forced them to but nowadays that method doesn't work education that's the key all people that know know the situation have to educate you know, inmates have to educate other inmates. The system's not gonna do it. I'm responsible for telling other people what it's like, what being in prison was like, what uh, what we can do to change it. But educating each other is the only way. Inclusion works, exclusion doesn't work.
2: Yeah, I agree 100%. So uh, everybody who's listening to this to realize you know, prisons are hell, you know, like you can say, oh, they maybe were not as bad as they were, but they're hell in a lot of different ways, you know, prison is, if you're behind bars and you're locked up and become a second-class citizen in there, now people say maybe you deserve it, but nobody deserves that forever, and nobody deserves to be punished beyond what the law says. So those are the things why, you know, I believe Interjustice Day is very important, and we got to keep fighting that, and I hope everybody out there Looks at there, especially the people in jail, when they're listening to this, you know, when you go to your cell and you lock up at that night and they lock you down and you can't get out of that cell, don't just think about your own problems and, and wallow in your cell. Pity. Think of your next door neighbor, think of other inmates in there who are not maybe as fortunate as you, you know, the guys you think are, you know, you say, oh, this guy's so-and-so, he's nothing. But they're human beings and and everybody has sorrow, everybody has, you know, if we can act together and realize that each other, prisoner, deserves the respect that we deserve, everybody should be treated the way we want to be treated. And that's a big way towards uh, getting, getting control, getting power in jail. And showing, you know, a unified force. I believe that's what we have to do. Just like you said, education. At you have any last words before we go up?
4: Yeah, just to keep it together. And remember, there are people dying in prison today. You know, it's not just the guys in the '70s that that started the Prisoners' Justice Day. Guys are dying in jail today. You know, you know, the numbers haven't changed to any great extent, but we're all responsible you know prisoners justice day should be every day talking about the issues our prisons are a reflection of the society we live in right now prison reform is at a standstill prisons are going backwards rights and privileges that were gained in the 70s we've lost in the 90s and the in the 2000s especially since uh the conservative government was in power you know inmates don't have any money anymore the food is terrible you know conditions are not improving and eventually there's a price to pay for that with the poor food the health costs go up the guys get do get out of prison those health costs are bared by everybody. You know, cutting back to uh, a cheaper meal now gives the guy osteosporosis, you know, when he's 60 or 70 years old. You, you, society's going to have to look after that. So now we, sh- we should be dealing with these issues now, getting better conditions, getting different alternatives to jail, you know, getting people out of jail quicker. We get in the back getting them back working in the community where they where they're, they're supporting our, our our society instead of being a drag on society, and hopefully people that are listening will will you know talk about this stuff and push for those issues.
2: I couldn't agree more, Don. uh, There's nothing more I can say. You were a very, very gracious guest, and you were uh, very articulate, and you uh, you made some very good points, and if people go by that, we're going to be a step ahead right there. Okay, thank you very much. This is Gene from Prison Radio Show. That was a piece about Prisoner's Justice Day. We heard from Don, who has spent many years in prison, on his perspective on Prisoner's Justice Day past, present, and future. In the interview, he also talked about the importance of education in prison and the major issues facing people in prison in Canada today. This is the Prisoner Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM.
1: City Radio in Photo, an exhibition at Casa Maza, featuring photos from live studio sessions at CKUT. Vernissage, Monday, September 17th, Casa Maza. The exhibition will be up throughout September at Casa Maza at 4629 Avenue du Parc, Montréal. Photographs by Philippe Textera saint cyr featuring Houda Adra Amir Amiri. Buffalo Hat Singers Yelang Yelang, Tamara Filievich, Frida Gutman, Valerie Khuru Hayat, Amru Salhadin, Samir Zuberi, Zafir Zafir. Full info freecityradio.org. This is a CKUT radio co presentation.
5: The Leonard and Bina Ellen Art Gallery and Swanee Popolo present From Tromso, Norway, Sammy Joiker, Ande Sombi, Performing The Animals Inside the Man and The Man Outside the Animals. Saturday, September 15th at Salarosa, 4848 Boulevard, Celeron. Opening with Inuit throat singing by Nina Zagalowitz and Lydia Etat. 5 to $10 at the door, showtime 6 p.m., as part of the programming for the exhibition, Among All These Tundras, at Leonard and Bina Allen Art Gallery, Concordia University, a CKUT co-presentation. Good afternoon. You are still listening to the Prison Radio Show here on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. Joining us now on the phone from Halifax, or Mi'kmaq Territory, is Daniel. Daniel, welcome to the program. Can you hear me? Hello Daniel, welcome to the program.
6: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
5: Um, So today you are joining us to provide a bit of a report back from a noise demonstration that took place this past Sunday, September 9th at Burnside. Uh, just outside of Halifax, I was wondering if you could start us off by helping to situate us. So, like, where is Burnside, and uh, why was Burnside chosen as a site for a noise demonstration?
6: Yeah, for sure. Um, So, in sort of the Halifax area, um, Burnside refers to both the prison, technically the central Nova Scotia Correctional Facility, but also a sort of sprawling industrial park, and it's located in the very far corner of it. Um, so it's probably about a 15-20 minute drive out of central Halifax Um, and that's um, the largest prison the largest provincial prison in the province and um, it's also the site where there's been this um, prison strike going on Um, uh, it was 22 days um, and it was the last day on Sunday so um, one of the um, I suppose in some people's view the features of Burnside but one of the downsides for us Is that it's so far away and it's so inaccessible and it's really set back um, surrounded by woodland so it's very difficult to get communication in there Um, so while the prisoners knew that there was support on the outside um, they've also been uh, in a series of lockdowns both in retaliation for the protests but also because there's worker action by the guards so it's been hard for us to on the outside express all the support that's been that's been generated out here on the inside so we thought um, for the close of the of the strike that we would go down and just sort of um, celebrate their successes and their struggles um, and let them know that they're not alone uh, mainly and that uh, sort of the support is ongoing on the outside
5: that's really wonderful um, Daniel can you tell us a little bit more about the strike that was happening inside Burnside
6: Yeah, definitely. Um, So, in solidarity with the national prison strike in the U.S., um, but also with their own set of demands, the prisoners in uh, Burnside went on strike on August 19th um, and maintained that strike until September 9th. Um, So, while they expressed their support for, obviously, all of the strikes going on um, across um, the U.S., they also had decided to focus on 10 easily achievable um, sort of material goals inside the prison. Um, I'm just going to sort of summarize that for those that, that aren't uh, familiar with it. They are better health care, rehabilitation programs, exercise equipment, contact visits, personal clothing and shoes, the same quality food as every other jail, air circulation, healthier canteen, no limit to visits, and access to the library. Um, so these are obviously extremely reasonable, and more so they are uh, things most of them are in place in other prisons in the province um, Burnside is has a reputation here for being sort of the worst of all the prisons in, in the province oftentimes when uh, when folks are sentenced here, they will ask to be transferred farther away from their family so that they won't have to deal with Burnside um, so sort of that was the that was the immediate goals obviously their um, statement expressed a lot of the context of um, of sort of the the prison industrial complex in North America, um, and especially sort of the racialized nature of this. Um, Nova Scotia has a large Mi'kmaq and um, Black population, a of Black population, that are extremely overrepresented in our prisons. Um, but they decided to make as their demands ten very achievable, re- very reasonable um, goals, and I think that really resonated with a lot of the support that they got here. Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, you did mention that uh, communication was complicated um, yeah. between outside supporters and folks on the inside. Do you do you know more about who was participating in the strike and maybe what kinds of actions were taking place on the inside? Because in some places uh, people were more engaged in hunger strikes and for some people it was work stoppages. Um, yeah, do you have any more information about about the kinds of actions that were taking place on the
6: inside? Yeah, this is actually a really interesting point because um, obviously this is a provincial facility and what that means um, for us is that it only contains folks that are sentenced for um, less than two years. Um, and it's also the only remand prison in the province, so actually... About two-thirds of the folks in there have not yet been sentenced. So um, because of all of this, there isn't a lot of work to stop. There is some work in the kitchens that I understand was stopped and some other work. Um, but this was sort of something that was really difficult for a lot of the local media, especially local media that didn't have connections in the prison to understand because they kept saying, you know, okay, so the prisoners are protesting. What are they going to do? You know, it's like they were expecting a riot or something like that. And uh, sort of our, our the liaison who was talking with striking prisoners was like, this is it. They're... They're striking they're they're sitting in their cells they're waiting for people on the outside to support them and uh, we're really happy to see that um over the uh the sort of three weeks that this is going on um that support just grew and grew and grew as more people became aware of what was going on on the inside um and there, there actually was not opportunity for a lot of action on the inside because of these frequent lockdowns um the province is trying to roll out a model that they call direct supervision. Um, but both the prisoners and the guards are unhappy with how it's being implemented. They're, not, they're saying it's not being implemented in a safe way. And the guards union actually um, was, taking place in, or was taking part in a work action for um, part of the strike, which meant that prisoners were on a 23-hour lockdown during um, a large part of the time they're on strike. So they're really um, relying on folks on the outside to organize and to agitate and to sort of get out and make their voices heard.
5: Um, can you tell us what what is involved in this new proposed policy around direct supervision?
6: Um, I don't have the specifics of the actual policy, but as far as I understand, it involves bringing um, multiple ranges together and having the guards um, physically and sort of um, personally interact with the prisoners on their shift, as opposed to observing from behind glass or something like that. Um, and from what I understand, the, um, the model itself is not what people are objecting to, but what they're objecting to is the implementation, because um, how the model is, is supposed to be implemented and how it's designed is to go along with rehabilitation programs and all sorts of other supports and programs that are supposed to be implemented alongside this, um, where it seems like the province is seeing a way to sort of simplify and um, make cheaper their surveillance model and are just trying to implement the actual physical security elements without backing it up with the other investments to make it um, work, including actually training the guards on um, how to implement this model. So what the guards are worried about, it seems, is that they'll just be thrown into interpersonal interactions without any support or training, and the prisoners are concerned that they're going to be um, sort of meshed together in this new system without having any sort of rehabilitation supports or other supports to lean on
5: okay well thanks for speaking to the unique experience of people uh inside burnside i was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the the noise demonstration that took place on sunday september 9th um maybe you could uh walk us through the event how did it feel what did it sound like sure um was participating
6: um yeah i think we got uh we got a diverse group of about 30, 30 different folks um there were some people from the organization that I'm with, the Industrial Workers of the World, to look at Um but also just different supporters. Um, uh, people sort of, sort of heard of it through word of mouth and um, and turned up. We got about 30 folks together. Um, and then we all carpooled down um, to Burnside and, and parked outside the facility. Um, and then we made our way down on the sort of public access driveway. At no point were we trespassing or hopping fences or anything like that, although. Please to have you believe otherwise, um, and then we made our way right down up near the fence um, where we could see uh, one of the men's ranges, and we understood that it was the men's range where the majority of the organizers were, um, and we're also across from the one women's range, so we were in view and in in hearing range of two of the ranges, um, and then we set off some some noisy small noisy fireworks, and we had banners, and we had drums, and we had. Um, you know, bells we were ringing, uh, and we were there for about half an hour. We brought a sound system as well, and we um, chanted in support of them. We sang songs. We played music. Um, and that, uh, we were only there for about 30 seconds before we saw them on the on the inside reacting, and they were um, making hearts with their hands and uh, sort of banging on the windows and and um, dancing. It was just really beautiful to be able to, to have that connection, even though we were separated by probably 150 feet of, of yard and two fences and a wall. Um, we can still see that we had that that personal connection, and that's something we really wanted to to emphasize because we've been reading all of their um, statements, and we've been gathering so much support on the outside, um, but we really wanted to make sure that it translated on the inside. So we had this sort of big sort of jubilant celebration, um, and so as we were walking away, there was this really beautiful moment where everyone was chanting in unison, "You are not alone," and it was echoing the way that the Rangers were range it was echoing off of both of the ranges so we would sort of chant it and then it would bounce back and forth off the men's and women's ranges um and we heard afterwards that's a message that really reverberated throughout the prison um uh, i know you guys read the uh the, the concluding statement of the prisoners and they they mentioned that so um for us it was extremely successful we were just so glad that we were able to go and um have them see that we were celebrating their struggle and acknowledging all the uh all that they've been going through and all that they're striving for um, and we've been told that it was the best day that people have ever had in prison. Um, and it did result in, in a, uh, 23 and a half hour lockdown for them. Um, but they said it's worth it. They said, uh, they'd take the lockdown to, to know that they have the support on the outside and to feel that support. Um, and there was, uh, unfortunately a, uh, uh, particularly aggressive response by the police. They, um, hadn't shown up the entire half an hour that we were there. But as we were leaving, we were walking up past the, uh, the fence by the women's range on the way out to the exit, and um, they pulled up with a, uh, a police van, multiple cruisers, and uh, an unmarked SUV, and jumped out and immediately tackled one of uh, the supporters who was standing by the fence, waving at the uh, the women's prisoners. So, unfortunately, these uh, um, the women had to had to sort of watch all this unfold. Um, And uh, at this point, nobody had asked us to leave. So as far as we understand, we weren't trespassing because we were just uh, standing beside the parking lot. Um, But they tackled one person and came out with pepper spray and were pepper spraying the group. And then they um, let loose one of their dogs without a leash and then had to grab the dog and were threatening for the dog to bite us. It was this sort of huge, overblown um, uh, escalation and reaction, which... um, it was just completely unwarranted. We had a uh, police liaison designated, and we had a legal observer, and um, they sort of blew right past both of those in order to uh, in order to escalate the situation. But um, we're really really sorry that that happened. We're really sorry that the uh, prisoners had to see that. But um, we are so glad that we were able to spend so much time with them and able to to really get across the kind of support that they have on the outside. Can you tell us a
5: little bit more about? You mentioned. Uh, a closing statement that was issued in regards to uh the the closure of the strike or um, in response to the noise demonstration
6: yeah so um I believe it was read right at the opening of your show and they um it was delayed by a few days the the strike did end on Sunday um but because of the lockdown they weren't able to issue it until um uh the twelfth so yesterday I believe um and um, in it, they just sort of summarized the the progress that they've made, and um specifically talked about the death of uh one of the prisoners in custody um on Monday, which is uh extremely sad and which sort of um really speaks to the conditions that they're that they're trying to improve uh in the immediate term um but it was also um very heartening, I think, for all the people on the outside who have been gathering all the support and sort of making all this noise and organizing phone zaps and rallies to know that um, that reverberated on the inside. Um, specifically, I think, through the noise demonstration, but also through um, all the little bits of media they've been able to pick up from, you know, op-ed columns in the local newspaper to um, the Black Black Power Hour show on the uh, campus radio here. Um, when that's been able to filter through, they've really felt the, the support on the outside um, and they expressed that in their statement and they've also asked for us to um, continue supporting them as they as they move to um, to sort of continue the struggle mm.
5: Daniel what's next what's next um, after this action after the end of the, the strike um, how do you see some of the demands being fulfilled.
6: Um I think that's a really a really good question that a lot of people are, are asking themselves both here but also as the strike is ending in the US. Um and I think it's about building on the gains that have been made here. Um I know there, there have been some people talking on the outside. Um there hasn't been any of the uh demands implemented yet. Um but um we're hoping that this is created it created a conversation, not so much in the, uh, in the sort of dismissive liberal way of, of creating a conversation to avoid action, but we hope that it sort of uh, forced folks who are not involved with the prison system, who haven't had contact with the prison system, to sort of ask the most basic questions. That's something that um, one of the organizers has brought up, is that the media here doesn't know how to speak about prisons, or didn't know before this. Um, and, uh, for example, nobody has asked in the past 18 years how rehabilitation programs are delivered in prison. And it wasn't until sort of this massive actions happened and all this mo- this mobilization before any of the local media was like, hey, how, how are these programs influenced? And we found out that they're not. Um, and, you know, people, there are all these assumptions about the sort of basic level of care that is given to prisoners um, that just doesn't exist. Like, um, you know, so many people are shocked out here to find out that the prisoners don't have matching-sized shoes. Um, and so I think that... I'm hoping, and I think everyone here is hoping, and I think the prisoners are hoping that we can build on these conversations that have started, um, that people are, uh, you know, around dinner tables talking about the conditions in prisons and talking about the overcrowding and talking about the food and, and the clothing and all these issues, um, and hope that that sort of lays the groundwork. So when people come out and demand, um, you know, that we stop locking so many people up when we, that we stop building these, these prisons that aren't working, um, when we sort of, at, at the very basic level, just provide them, you know, air circulation in the prison, that it's not such a foreign concept to people. Um, I think that moving forward, we'll see that as the, the greatest gain of this of this action, is that um, it's become something that people are concerned about who aren't already um, involved in the system.
5: Daniel, thanks so much for your time. Uh, do you have any, any further final thoughts or comments you would like to share with our listeners
0: today?
6: Um just that it's a it's a struggle that's that's always continuing, and um, I wouldn't want folks to to sort of hear these demands and see how uh, how they're about sort of immediate reform and think that uh, that people out here aren't talking about prison abolition and aren't talking uh, longer term um, and just understand that uh, that we really see this as, as the first step in a much, much larger conversation that uh, that we're hoping to have started here. And if anyone wants to, reach out to the prisoners who are on strike, they can do so by uh, contacting Black Power Hour out of CKDU uh, campus radio station here in Halifax. Um, They can find that online, the information online, and those people will be able to get in contact um, with the prisoners and pass on any messages.
5: Great. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. So that was Daniel from IWW Halifax, Mi'kmaq Territory, speaking about a recent noise demonstration uh, that took place on Sunday, September 9th, where one person was arrested outside of Burnside Provincial Facility. The demonstration was in solidarity with striking prisoners on the inside. You are still listening to the Prisoner Radio Show, the Prison Radio Show here on Skiyut, 90.3 FM, and online at
3: Skiyut.ca. We're getting close to the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in. Check out past episodes of the Prison Radio Show at prisonradioshow.wordpress.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Prison Radio Show. The Prison Radio Show airs twice a month on CKUT. We're on the air on the second Thursday of the month at 5 p.m. and the fourth Friday at 11 a.m. The next Prison Radio Show will air on Friday, September 28th at 11 a.m. If you have any questions on anything that you have heard on today's show or you wish or if you wish to be involved with the show, feel free to contact us at prison at ckut.ca. Formerly incarcerated people are encouraged to participate. Folks can also leave a message on our listener comment line at 514-448-4041 extension 2547. If you are in prison, we encourage you to participate in the show in any way possible. Feel free to write us at the Prison Radio Show or simply write PRS, care of CKUT, 3647 University Street, Montreal, Quebec, H3A 2B3. Thanks for tuning into the Prison Radio Show on CKUT 90.3 FM. My name is Yasmin.
2: And I'm Jean.
5: I'm
3: Candace. And we've been your hosts for today's show. Thanks, Noah, for doing tech. Please stay tuned.
0: There, there, there is, there is this thing. Do you realize what is? what is, what is what? There is this thing. Do you realize consciousness is affected? There, there is this, there is this thing on. There is this thing going on. Do you realize our consciousness is affected? There is this thing going on. What is called? the news brought to you live? There there is is this thing, do you realize what is? is, is, There is this thing, do you realize? Consciousness is affected. There is this this thing on. There is this thing going on. Do you realize our consciousness is affected? There is this thing going on. What is called? The news brought to you live. live.